Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. Each episode, we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, they're innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals. Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies, gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. I am your host tonight, Topher Sheeler. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Adams. What up, what up? We got Alec Langdon up on the soundboard here this evening. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us here this evening. We have Ivan Gonzalez from the Best Seats in the House. Ivan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Absolutely. Rob, why don't you give us our first question? Oh, man. I got so many questions, Ivan. So <laughs> many questions. Ivan and I have known each other for four years, five years uh five five years so a long time yeah we've been friends for a minute um ivan um is uh he nominates families in his organization to be fed during thanksgiving from my organization so we started working back and forth that way i think that's how we kind of came in touch with each other uh actually a <clears throat> mutual donor uh introduced us he actually brought me to the delivery day where the big day the big day where uh it was before you had that group that uh does the set up early we were part of the group where we were you came put it all together and then you left oh man mayhem <laughs> it was a mayhem it was messy awesome. yeah we used to unload trucks by hand and then we would just sort the food well, i don't want to get into things shows but it was a mess so when you showed up and that you're still here like it's a testament <laughs> to our friendship because we've come a long ways speaking of coming a long ways um how long have you been doing best seat in the house this is our sixth year sorry i was trying uh yeah i was just doing paperwork this week and i was like wait was it six years yeah six years which is a six year quite a testament um there's over ten thousand nonprofits that are in utah right now did you know that oh wow and um most of them don't raise a penny like you know the 80 20 rule 80 percent of them don't do anything with it they've just organized and they've submitted their paperwork and they're actually a 503c but they do nothing with it and then of the 20%, there's also another 80-20 in there that gets even smaller, that 20% that are actually doing their mission and driving down the road. And so it's a very small number of uh, organizations that are operating at his level. And I, I say that because understanding the monumental amount of work that's involved <laughs> yeah. and um, the obstacles that you face, and we're going to talk about a few of those things today, um, but also the amazing amount of good that you do on the side. So let's start at the beginning, um, back when you were working at the hospital. Can you tell us the, the kind of where it started? Yeah. So <clears throat> I mean, uh, used to work at Ronald McDonald house here in Salt Lake and, uh, I, uh, probably a, mo uh, a month in two months into working, just, uh, you know, fell in love with these kids and, and just seeing the struggles they're going through. Um, I was like, man, I, and my birthday was coming up, and I was like, man, I want to do something for my birthday. And I was talking to a coworker, and we got to like, let's throw a carnival for the kids. Let's do a birthday carnival. So I uh, got my friends to pitch in. We 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 hosted a carnival at the Ron McDonald House with dinner, and uh, it was awesome because the kids were like, wait, this is your birthday, and you're giving me a present. And I was like, yep. And it seriously was the best birthday I've ever spent, and uh that 
all my friends loved it and they're like this is awesome and then like a month or two goes by and i was like man i want to do something else so we did a luau and then for about a year we just did these events and uh i was like wait we can do this for not just kids getting treatment in the hospital but you know all kinds of kids that uh need some joy and and I quickly realized, I was like, after a year, I'm like, I can't keep doing this on my budget. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's when I formed the uh, the best seat in the house. And, uh, and also part of it is, you know, my childhood, I grew up very poor and we didn't get to do a lot of things that I would say normal kids did, like um, going to concerts or sporting events. We just couldn't afford uh, these things. Uh and I never knew some passions till I became an adult. And, you know, theater, I love going to the theater now, but, you know, kid in the ghetto, it's like theaters like New York City, Broadway is like yeah. rich people and stuff. It's something so, you see in the movies, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, but, you know, I moved to Utah and there's a huge theater culture here. And it's amazing. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have <clears throat> known this as a kid. Not to say I would have went into theater or anything like that, but it just continued to open my mind to, when I started Bessie in the house is like, we need to get these kids exposure to things that they can't afford or uh, they have limitations because of their medical conditions or whatnot. And, you know, we, we do it for free for all these kids and open their minds. And they're like, wait, you know, one, one, uh, one girl, she's uh, has cerebral palsy, loves acting. And we've been sending her to Hale theater, Eccles theater. And, and she has a, a an agent now. And, she's doing movies and stuff and i'm just like and she's in a wheelchair and disability and it's obviously limitations to it but you know now that she has a contract i'm like what and she's like thank you so much for opening my eyes that make it possible I'm like of course and that's what we do that's just one example of many things that we do but yeah parts of it is my childhood and not having um the ability to do some of these events and experiences and then my my work experience working for these other nonprofits that do amazing things, but there was a there was a void of uh, you know doing events and experiences, especially keeping families, you know, doing it for the entire family and not just the one kid that's going through um, what they're going through. So let's let's back up just for two seconds for those that are listening that that maybe don't know. Why don't you tell us what Best Seat in the House actually is and what they do? Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I get excited and jump right in. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we do, we provide events and experiences for disadvantaged kids. And we focus on families with kids that have cancer or some kind of medical condition, uh, refugees, kids in foster care, uh, special needs, and kids in poverty. So those five categories, kind of almost any kid that has a disadvantage fits into one of those five categories. And um, we... So we'll do events where we host. So we have tons of families that'll come. Uh, carnivals is a big centerpiece of a lot of stuff we do. But a lot of that is around the holidays. You know, uh, Easter egg hunts coming up. Um, summer bash, summer pool parties, um, back to school carnivals, and then Halloween. And then in December, our, we do holiday dinners and do a big dinner for Title One schools, and then give out gifts. Uh, and then we let's just stop one second. Not just gifts, like some awesome, <laughs> awesome stuff. Oh yeah, like, like what? <clears throat> um, just like I've seen hoverboards, like those. Uh, I've seen. I mean, we're not talking about like, hey, you're just gonna get a bag of 
candy that's all stuck together. That's your gift. Have a nice Christmas. Like it's some cool stuff. And the kids get to come in and they get to pick. They get to pick one thing, whatever they want. And there's there's a whole table of uh, stuff that they can choose from that they could be interested in. And it could be something you know crafty if that's what they're into or science fiction and there's dinosaurs and sporting things i mean it's it's not we're not talking low-end stuff it's nice things no kidding but yeah these kids come in and they lose their minds like it's, they do. They, <laughs> they do. it's awesome i love that i've been as i'm talking to you i'm realizing what a, a master of understatement you are like you have like glossed over some like really kind of amazing things but these kids lose our minds like ivan has to have a staff kind of behind the table that are kind of goalies like no no just one thing and you got to decide and they like because it's it's a it's hard to choose like these kids are coming in with nothing if anything at all and here's like some amazing amazing stuff and then you see them walking around with it they're walking around and they're like showing their friends look look what i i got i got i picked it's totally cool it's like it's a cool event and so it's not just like an Easter egg hunt. It's like, it's huge. Huh. And these kids have, they, honestly, they have like the clothes on their back and the food they've been given from the school. And then Ivan shows up like this miracle worker. And these people are just like, what? Like, and they're bringing the party and the presents. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. it. The cool thing about it is, is that um, you're planting seeds. I think about the, my, my origin story and I don't want to get into my origin story, but someone did something kind for me that had no re no reason to. And I see you doing that to all these kids and like doing that. And I think, will it make a difference? The one, but that one is going to grow up and be the Ivan. It's going to mm -hmm. be the Rob. It's going to make the difference. And I say one, but I bet there's, I've seen your events and we're talking about hundreds of kids that are being affected. And then, um, if you believe in the ripple effect, which I do, if you do something kind, if I do something kind to Topher, he's going to be in a better mood and he's going to go home and he's going to be kind to his partner and, and she's going to be kind then and it's going to, it goes out and the ripples are, I've heard they go up to 27 ripples. I've heard like different numbers back and forth. And if you think about the hundreds of kids that you've served and the ripples that you've created in the universe, my friend. Yeah. I Think about it. I guess, that. yeah, I guess I don't think about that very often. Uh, Cause I just love what I do and love seeing the kids. And like you said, like, especially during the holidays and uh, we, like you mentioned, we don't wrap our gifts cause we want the kid to pick what they want. You They're know. not getting a pair of socks. Oh, yeah. oh no, no. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, you know, I remember certain, uh, a church group, uh, when I was a kid that, you know, gave us presents when we didn't have Christmas gifts. And I, that obviously changed my, made me, I still remember that. Yeah. And now I'm helping hundreds and thousands of kids after that, just that one Christmas, you know, by this local church group that I can't even remember the name of the church or whoever gave it to me, but I remember the act and now we're, I'm doing the same thing back. So, yeah. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Ivan? Uh, in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a, yeah. Well, it was actually the first capital of the United States, York, Pennsylvania. That's what we like to brag because history books, it was like the capital for three days <laughs> <laughs> and then went back to D.C. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, Ivan, as you are, um, you're, one of the things I admire about you is you're a, you're a numbers guy um, and you appreciate the numbers when you're talking about um, the numbers of, of children that you've, you've helped. And now you've kind of spread your mission. It's not just those at the hospital. You're helping these other kids that are a little underprivileged. They're in these title one schools. Um, what would you estimate, um, the number of kids you're helping 
are, are influencing or, or, or being, I don't know how the best word to say it, but every year. Yeah. So we've grown immensely and it's funny cause I've been working with a grant consultant and so we've been putting some real numbers and stuff behind it. Uh, anyway, uh, I can't say how many kids we served last year because we saved that for our gala. That's my special announcement. But uh, our first year, we served 600 kids. And then up until last year, so not last year, the year before that, we served 7,800 kids. So we like, you know. In six years, that's in your growth. In six years, we went from 600 to 7,800. And where are you finding the um, the resources for that kind of growth? I'm a big believer in, you know, a lot of stuff, religion, karma, destiny, whatever you want. I just loop it all together and it's something happens. And I'm a big believer in like just talking and saying stuff that I need out loud. You know, like I need more funding. I need, well, every charity always needs more funding, but like uh, certain things like I need uh, this kind of person. And then I say it to a few people and then they're like, hey, I have a friend. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So like just, you know, saying it out loud has been a thing and just hard work and uh, luckily to get some exposure in the right areas that have really taken off, uh, put a, put us uh, around people more and thinking about us more. And just uh, last year I won the Utah Philanthropy Volunteer of the Year and that's really opened a lot of doors too and so things like that just continue to let me pause you right there one yeah. second i was nominated <laughs> yeah i was one of the hundreds of people that were nominated like there was a, there's a lot of people in utah doing some great stuff and so the fact that you won this is significant like it was a big deal and it was uh it was awarded to him by the lieutenant governor is that right and mm -hmm. um an, another big influencer that's down in utah county i forget her name so the punchline here is, is Ivan is underselling the crap out of me. Yeah. Okay. He's Captain right. Understatement. I always, I always. I want to, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back up. Like, this is huge. This is a huge thing that he won this. It was a big deal. And yeah, you a, don't just win that by, yeah, we give lucky. a couple of presents out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the competition is intense. Yeah. I, I actually talked to one of the committee members that was part of the voting, and she said it was me against 200 people. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I thought maybe a couple dozen or something but no she's like no we had to go through 200 nominations and you were the choice and i was like wow it's amazing That's incredible <laughs> holy cow well quit underselling uh, yourself I'm, wait i'm just bring it out i guess i'm used to the like <laughs> elevator pitch so i'm like i don't know how long we're talking about this we've so. got all the time in the uh, world here time tell us need. tell us what we need to know <laughs> so the thing um the thing is is um winning something like that puts you into a different um well category you're all of a sudden you are You've got some street cred. Yeah. You're no yeah. longer just this dude that's got a job at the Ronald McDonald house that wants to do this kind of cool luau. You've got like, you've influenced and done these things. And so I, how has that changed your your trajectory? I think we we jumped a couple steps. I don't know if the steps is the right word, but you know, there's people I've been trying to work for for six years as I started a charity. Uh, after that event, they're like, "Hey, we love to work with you." And I'm like, "Yes, I've been trying to work with you for yeah. six years, and no one emails me back or or whatnot." And obviously, there are a lot of big organizations and big uh, philanthropists <laughs> in Utah, so I get you know why 
uh, it's hard to get to to some people like that. Um, well, yeah, but that jump, really helped. If you jump straight to the top and get the governor to sign yeah. off on it, this yeah. got to make things a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, just so you know, and um, in the nonprofit world, the uh, to differentiate yourself in this manner is super rare. Oh, it's very big. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's a very competitive world, and um, there's a lot mm -hmm. of foundations out there that um, they're being approached by five or ten people a day with their handout excuse me and so the fact that they can um they can now recognize your organization is a huge huge thing and also i think that there's a tipping point i think there's a period in a charity's life where all of a sudden you're you're a trusted entity there's a mm -hmm. something that has to happen and i don't know if i've hit that point yet i i see like you're winning this award and you're having conversations with some of these larger organizations because now all of a sudden you're on the map I think that that's I think that that's amazing. And once that tipping point happens, then all of a sudden it's not so hard. Your problems start to change from, um, of of um, how many you can help, but then it comes who you can help and how I can cr continue to create. Have you noticed that, like a shifting in your perspective? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, having a lot more help in certain areas that I'm weak at has helped open things again like i mentioned a grant consultant she's opened things and looks at things at a different way that i'm like oh she's like you could totally use this i'm like really and i'm like you know so uh because i mean you you know <laughs> like anyone else that would that starts a charity it's like all this work uh no money <laughs> and you know uh, it's just so it my mindset this year has been a little bit different than the first five years because i'm like Oh, I'm starting to like with our gala, like I'm starting to nitpick. I'm like, well, I've never nitpicked it before, but I'm like, wait, like I had to take a step back for certain things. I'm like, no, this isn't a big deal anymore. This is, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's getting myself out of the weeds because I've jumped in the weeds so much to work the charity and try and find anything I can. Now it's like, oh, okay, like just be patient. <laughs> well, how are you? Um, how are you? Because this is your baby. This is your your invention, your dream. How are you giving away these responsibilities to these people and doing it with grace and not taking it back? Because it's an easy thing to do where someone's not meeting your perceived expectations. Because um, this is how we've done it. This is how we've done it. And now you give it to somebody else. And just because they're not doing it the way you did it doesn't mean it's being done wrong. It's just being done. How are you? How are you trusting? Like, what, tell, tell me the process there because that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I probably did it not normal way because when I started, I gave a lot of the way <laughs> very quickly, and then that was a backfired because you know some friends I, I love them, but they didn't know what they were getting into. Didn't know what they were getting into, and I mean, part of me I didn't know certain things that I was getting into. So then for a couple of years, so the first couple of years, I was just like, yeah, here you go. And I'm like, ooh, I brought it all back in. But then last year, particularly, I was just like, I can't do this all, you know. But then I, I started to meet with people, consult with other nonprofits just to see because there's a lot of there's so much information to start a charity and there's so much information to run a large charity. But there's not a lot of information for the inside, the middle. Sure. Like, how do you get? from small to medium to large like there's nothing really that people talk about and probably because it sucks it's the it's it's so no hard man's land the grind yeah yeah um so this last year 
before last year i was just like oh, i gotta take stuff off my plate i can't this is too much um but uh consultant talking to other people in my position that's been there for 10 years you know eight years you know just a few years more than me helped and then i realized i'm like hey you know let's create um steps that people don't even know about but i do to see if they're really in it like they, they want to help you know because a lot of people you know and not to uh get down on them but a lot of people are like oh i want to help and especially in the mood in the mood they're at the event they're like yeah yeah let's let's do it you know i'm so excited and then go home and it's like a different thing and you know volunteering you're not getting paid so it's, so it's, there's a back and forth because you're like you can't pay someone but you need some commitment for these different positions so i was like okay well i in my mind i created these different steps that if someone showed me this again i didn't tell them that i was watching them but uh it showed me i'm like oh hey they're actually here they're coming almost every other event you know they're answering the emails sharing i'm like okay they're committed that now i can approach them and be like hey i'm thinking of i need someone in this position this is what uh i see it looking like yeah this is what the commitment looks like the time commitment blah, blah blah is this something you think you can do and then give them time to think about it and stuff so just i guess an initiation in a, in a way that like no they're they're in it you know and blah blah, blah. but that took, how about, took a while yeah how, it's interesting how it will um that'll gel out because at the beginning you're like anybody <laughs> come on i need your come on i need yeah. your help and then you kind of get to a point where you start to be like oh, i've been burned a couple times yeah. by someone that's over promised and under delivered and then there's a point where all of a sudden you have a lot of you have a surplus of of uh manpower but you don't have a lot of talent happening around you and i need to find someone who's good at doing what i'm not mm -hmm. and that's what we're, you're talking about like the grant writer mm -hmm. um you're really good at the budget you're really good at putting your numbers together i am not that's not my strength and so i had to find someone um on my board to do that and um it takes a tremendous amount of trust but i do believe that she's she's better at it like even on her worst day she's yeah. she's better at putting the books together than i am and reporting the budget and making sure we're staying on on task and so that's that's a powerful thing i and but i'm i don't want anyone to be a part of my organization unless they've delivered food yeah exactly they they have to come to at least two events yeah i was just gonna ask what is that's that's really interesting to me what is the criteria what are you looking for to give like that person has been initiated yeah so at least two events so we have our events are you know it kind of fluctuates but almost every month we have one two three during the during december there's like six so there's plenty of options for um uh, these volunteers to volunteer at and and mostly i want to see they need to see the vision it's really hard to to i try and get funders to, to come to which is a little harder because they're you know being asked five times a day from different organizations but if i'm able to even just send them a video of what it looks like just get they they see the vision because you know people are like oh that sounds awesome but then when you come to our events like rob has come they're like oh i get this you know not that they didn't get it before but they just see that vision so yeah usually two two events i'm like they have to come to at least two events before i even like you know think about it and then we have a couple fundraising events and uh trainings and stuff and if people are regularly showing themselves at him i'm like okay um they're they're in it they're committed Hmm. Interesting. To you, um, as you're speaking to them and they're at the events, there's a language of commitment. There's like a, 
you can tell this person's kind of bought into the vision. They're talking about where we're going. They're talking about the mission. Um, and so it's interesting that you start to like see who those people are because I've talked to some of the people that are my best volunteers. And when I talk to them, I get excited about the organization. Like I'm not bringing the heat anymore. They're bringing the heat. Mm-hmm. And it, that's kind of a, a big one for me. Like I want to be able to stand next to this person and they're just like, Oh man, this is so awesome. I can't wait to do it. And you're just yeah. like, it is awesome. <laughs> Let's yeah. do this. That's awesome. I, well, the, um, I wanted to talk to you then um, about the mission. So here we are. We're six years into the game. You're talking to people you've never talked to before. Your organization is um, a new level of maturity that you've never experienced before. Um, where do you see Best Seat in the House in 2024? Like, what do you see? And I, I know you don't want to um, ruin your the gala that we're going to talk about coming up here on March 12th. But where do you see us going? Last year was a big transition year for us uh, because first five years, I was just like, go, go, go. It's, you know, define the mission. To, yeah. Find the mission, define it and find uh, where we fit, what made sense and what didn't make sense. And uh, last year, you know, we, I made some tough decisions of cutting some partnerships, not like cutting them, but like, you know, Hey, we don't really gel together. We're not, it doesn't, seem to make sense even though the first few years i'm like yeah let's do that i was saying yes 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 and now it's like okay now we know what we're really good at and what where the need is most and that's where i want to make sure we concentrate with so this year is kind of a tail end of the transition year of like still getting some uh, clarity now clarity what do we do? and then creating more of a foundation now of having more support in different areas and making those acts after last year of like, okay, watching the supporters and I'm like, okay, these are the few people that I think could take another level with us. Now this year we're, we're bringing them on and training and, and all that. So this year is really foundation year of uh, uh, making sure as we take this ne- next level that we're ready to, to take it and hopefully take off uh, more than we've ever had before just now that we we have a groove and we have momentum and support uh financially and manpower that we're like okay we're ready for more oh man isn't it the rebuilding of the foundation that is the constant thing it's the thing like when you first start out you're like where am i going to find people to do this and then, and then you, you, thought you solved that problem. So now we have to shift our foundation mm-hmm. to, well, I've got all these people that want to do it, but I don't have any way to pay for it. Now we, now that's the foundation. And so it's like this constant reinventing and mm-hmm. rediscovering. And you're going to go to this next level and you're going to see all of these new holes in the basket that you didn't even know were there. And you're going to have to work on it. Mm-hmm. As the founder of the organization, do you, feel, um, do you feel that growth personally as well? Do you feel like you are on this journey has it refined ivan oh immensely like what what, what regard uh everything i just uh, the way i can uh talk to different types of people different types of supporters um be comfortable with talking to kids because i'm helping them and stuff to talking to like you know gail miller who's one of the biggest philanthropists in utah like just going back and forth, you know, where, when I started, I'm like, Hey, you know, how's it going? This is what we do. And now I'm um, being able to talk to all kinds of people. Again, talk to a thousand people if I have to, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then just my weakness is just 
trying to not make them strengths, but just not make them weaknesses. So whatever the, before you get the strength, the medium ground <laughs> of uh, working on things and, uh, and learning boundaries and, and having expectations and commitments and, and, you know, be okay with like, you know, people are going to say no, or people are going to drop out. It's, it's, it's part it's, of the game. It's part of the game. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Um, so let's say, <clears throat> let's talk for a minute about, um, who would be your perfect volunteer? Like if we could find somebody, um, someone in the community who wants to get involved in a local organization, doing good things, supporting these different demographics. We've got all kinds of children from, um, that are struggling with health issues, um, or, or disabilities, or we have these other children that are, um, they're food insecure. They're in these title one schools. You've got a broad you have a broad footprint that you're putting down there. Like, tell me about if you could, if you could describe a perfect volunteer, who would it be? I mean, we will take anyone really, but the, I guess the, the perfect volunteer is someone who, you know, loves kids, kind of energetic. And uh, I would say this can, I don't want to say relate, but somehow can get to their level, the kid's level. And I, I guess I'll tell you an example of something that I noticed really quickly of an awesome volunteer. Uh, so we have carnival games, you know, and, you know, kids are growing. So there's different sizes and stuff. And this, this volunteer is actually my volunteer coordinator now. He's, he quickly moved up the ranks in one year because of what he showed me. Um, but he, you know, he, we have tables and he'll take the carnival game off the table for a kid in a wheelchair who's lower and like hold it and it's like okay we're down to your level go ahead and play and i'm like yeah that's like you know like when you come volunteer you you're part of a station and you're in charge of it but i let you just be in charge of it like run the game play with the games like you know some of the games have rules and different things and i'm like but i don't care if you need to change it because the kid can't do it or it's really hard and it's like yeah change it go for it so the ultimate volunteer is one that's like loves the kids relates and again literally will go down to their level to play with them and help them uh win you know that prize at the end of uh we give a prize at every event um for just being there so um yeah that's kind of my i love those volunteers i'm like yeah they'll they'll uh, they don't mind doing whatever it needs to help the kid uh which helps me know that like they'll do the grind they'll do the behind the scenes stuff that no one sees but is very important but doesn't get the glory as like you know being in the front mm -hmm. that's a great answer um if you could look for a prime demographic or type of uh donor um who would be the people that if you could talk to five companies today because it's gonna, we're talking about corporate donations. In my organization, we most of the money is made um, or or raised through individual donations, which are amazing. But it's a lot, and they're very small. And it's it's amazing because I see single moms and grandmas and people who have no business donating are going out of their way to to donate to feed families. Um, but well, let's talk about the corporate level. These guys, they're looking for a local organization. Like, who would you be aiming for? I would say any organization that uh, is family centric, I guess would say that loves kids. We're very open with volunteers. So like, you know, their company can come volunteer as well and give, but I guess, yeah, that 
understand what a family is and that doesn't mean like a mom and dad and one son one girl like like whatever the family is a grandpa grandma adopted you know whatever but that family centric mindset because they know what it is to be like a family but they also know you know if they were going through the struggle as a family they they're like oh you know i have a son that's doing this or a daughter that's this blah 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 they just relate so well and we're really big on families volunteering with us because i want to how i want to say a byproduct or whatnot and why i push for families to volunteer i mean anyone can volunteer but you know a lot of these kids um that volunteer with us they'll it's the first time they meet a kid in a wheelchair sometimes or this or that and one one family one mom was like yeah you know i'm gonna change their names but she's like bobby went home he met uh little jimmy uh, who's in a wheelchair and he went back to school and he he started talking to the kid in his class as a you know who's in a wheelchair because he was like hey i met jimmy and he has this condition uh, i wonder if you know this kid in my class has that condition makes so him he, a person make, yeah so he goes up and be, befriends this kid and i'm like oh again that's not something that we were like our mission but it's kind of a byproduct of like yeah we want more kids to volunteer as well because it just creates this exposure and these kids are like you know it's it's okay he's in a wheelchair why don't you ask him you know and then they're like yeah i played with video games with little jimmy and you know he's just like me i'm like yeah he's just like you he just has something else you know that makes him different um but he's still a kid and he still wants to play video games and he still wants to win a prize you know blah 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 so it's kind of a byproduct. So any companies that are, are like that are uh, we love because uh, they, they know it. They know what, how hard it is to, you know, raise kids. And, you know, this is going to be on social media, but, you know, social media is great. But there's also some drawbacks and there's a lot of things that these kids are going through. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like big believer in families coming to volunteer. And I've seen you know, that. I've been to a few of your events where. Um, mom and dad are over there and they've got like three or four of their kids or, you know, one serving spaghetti, the other one's handing the bread out and the other one's at the dessert table. Like that's obviously, those are the Jensen's. <laughs> they all look the same. You know what I mean? And, um, uh, I've talked to mom, I've talked to dad and, um, they talk about how great it is to serve together. And it's very rare. This is something I wanted to highlight. It's very rare to find service opportunities where we can all participate. You know, there's you know, you can go down to the food, the food place, but there, it's not safe to have a kid in the warehouse. And so you can't bring your kids or, right. or, or right. whatever. Right. And so it's, it's a great opportunity. I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. I, I was kind of taken back by, by that. Uh, Cause as you mentioned, there's 10,000 nonprofits and I get there's certain with some organizations, there's certain restrictions and stuff like that. And uh, the past couple of years, I've been lucky to be invited to uh, the governor's wife show up initiative uh, where she does a volunteer event where she tells the whole community to come and there's like you're you're there there's like 50 odd 50 so odd organizations looking for volunteers and and i'm there and we're collecting names and stuff and how many have come up to me after i'm in the middle after going through like 20 other organizations they get to me like oh my gosh so my kids can come with me i'm like yeah so and i get it like other organizations they have their restrictions but how rare i was kind of taken back and like you mean you can't do this everywhere you can't really do this everywhere yeah and i'm just yeah. like yeah we'll take 
the whole kids, you know. Yeah, I want to highlight that because I think it's a very rare thing that it's a family friendly. That's every... really cool. Yeah. yeah, I guess you didn't really think about that. Yeah. And a lot of places where you want to go, maybe you don't want to bring your little kids to, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Our only caveat is that they have to be with a guardian. That makes perfect sense, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, is that you get volunteers? Because I got I got another question. Yeah. Like, all right. So we talked about the volunteers and what you're looking for. Is there a is there a story that sticks out to you? Like the why you do this? Is there a, a specific like a, somebody that that you saw at present or or one of these events that just kind of changed their world? Oh, I could we could go for hours on this. The one I bring up a lot because it's it was that first year. So I but it was so impactful. So I a big part of the charity is doing events and I love going to events because I, you know, as a kid I couldn't afford it and doing all these events. So now as an adult I'm like going sporting events, concerts and stuff. So now I just like have all these friends and I've made these connections that now I turn to the charity and um we'll get tickets donated or or vice whatever it is. So uh, that first year, um, my uh, my buddy still works for the Jazz. Uh, anyway, he he loves to hook me up, and he was just like, "Hey, my family can't. I can't remember what, but anyway, my he's like, I got these uh, these tickets tonight for tonight's game, and they're in the Toyota Club. And the Toyota Club is like all you can eat buffet. It's first like ten rows, you know, of the Jazz game. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait." Uh, we happened to have an event uh, that same night, so I was like, oh, I'll go to the event, you know, do the event, and then run over to the game. <clears throat> and uh, we're doing these uh, this event, and uh, this mom comes up to me, and she's just like, hey, do you know, it was close to Christmas, and she's like, hey, do you know where I can get a jazz jersey? And this event was at Ronald McDonald House, so it's like, you know, two miles down the road from uh, the stadium, and I was like, I was like going to say Walmart or something. I'm just like, oh, actually, you know, we're right down the street from the jazz stadium. And, you know, you can get, they have a store there. She's like, oh, great. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, sure. No worries. And then, you know, she went with her kids and they were playing the games. And I I just kept thinking like, "Uh, I have these tickets. I should probably just give it to them. And I'm like, but (laughs) it's the Toyota club. I mean, I was like, all you can eat food. And a big sports fan. And I was just like, like for 20 minutes it just kept bugging me I'm like yeah you know I'm gonna give it to them so I uh so I, I uh they actually left and I was like oh crap so I ran all over uh the house to try and find them and you know I found her and I was like hey are you busy tonight and she's like no and I was like here's you know four tickets to the jazz game tonight why don't you take the kids and then you can buy a jersey while you're there she's like oh my gosh are you sure i'm like yeah go for it <clears throat> you know just thinking oh that was great you know that's what the charity does you know it's gonna be fun not expecting this thank you card i got back uh, but i was just like yeah I, I mean it was enough i loved it just to send them on the way but she found me and uh gave me this thank you card and she's like hey thank you so much for the jazz tickets uh it was actually the first time uh, i'm going to change the names uh this is the first time dylan was able to eat in all week so he had uh, heart and brain surgery like uh a week before and had an eating all week till he went to the jazz game so she's like the first time he's eaten in a week and he was i think six five or six and he was like she's like he was 
the most vocal I've ever seen him just yelling defense, but he couldn't really say the word. So he was just like, defense, not like, like just as a little kid, just yelling it out. And then he was like, and then she said, and it helped uh, bring up Sarah's mood during the holidays because she was in foster care and it was really hard for her. And she's like, and it was, she was like, it was great for her to see how the, she, what she said was how the other side lives life. Like she, she thought she would never see this side of life again, being all you can eat food, being it's really close food. to the court. Yeah. The uh, yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. And I started to get to know the family a little bit longer. And this is, uh, this couple had eight foster kids and they usually take the kids that no one wants, like the kid that has to have brain surgery and heart surgery. She's like, no, we'll take them. And so they had eight foster kids <clears throat> and she only had two at the Ronald McDonald house while her husband were taking care of the rest. But I had no idea, you know, this amazing experience was going to happen with, you know, tickets that my buddy gave me. Um, but that was so impactful because I'm like, what she said was like why we do it. It's like, you know, these kids don't experience like life like a lot of other kids, but she got to taste it. She got to experience it. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So now it's just that, that in the first year, that really just kept me going and continues to keep me going. Cause that event, I just like, oh my gosh, I just because I was doing the charity, I was in that point in my life that I was able to do that for that family. And then that's just one example, tons of other families that were able to, to help. And I was just like, oh man, if I didn't even go with my, my heart and start this, that I would not have uh <clears throat> experience that and i tell people like you can give me all the money in the world and i would not trade it for that experience just that one let alone you know we have hundreds of those types of stuff um i, I could not give it i couldn't sorry. give it up yeah i couldn't i want to um i want to do a shout out to our uh we've, we've got some really terrific listeners like some amazing listeners and um there's a lot of organizations that you can support out there but i wanted to just do a shout out if you have a if you have a chance to, to support ivan and what he's accomplishing like the this kid um this family will remember this event forever mm -hmm. um and the second thing i want to say is how lucky are we to stand on the tracks of miracles and i say that because that train's rolling it's coming. We don't know where. We don't know when. We might not see what, but that that was a miracle. What you did was yeah. a miracle in their life. And one of the things I was raised to believe is to be the miracle. Like, look for the opportunity to be the miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not involved in an organization, um, you should be because you're not on the tracks. You're not, if you are in survival mode and you're, you're paying the bills and then you're going to work and then you're it's Christmas and then paying the bills and going to work in Christmas, you're missing out on a huge opportunity for you to enrich your life and create fulfillment. Mm -hmm. One of the things I admire uh, about my friend Ivan is he has a, a tremendous amount of fulfillment in his life for a young man um, because he has gone on the tracks and he's in the way of miracles hitting all the time, all the time. We have another friend of ours, um, Katie, who is on the tracks and she's like, she'll talk about it in great detail, like these, like, and then this happened and it, and I wasn't expecting it. And then it happened. And, um, I just feel like people who aren't involved in an organization, even outside your church, I want to say, get outside the church. Um, but even if that's where you're doing it, that's fine. But get in the place where you're doing some service, because if you're not, your life is not as good as it could be. Hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Powerful. 
Yeah. And I, I feel like in my organization, and I, again, I hate to bring it back around, but in my organization, I always say that the person that's the most blessed is Rob. Yeah. Because of all the stuff that I'm doing and all the hard work that I'm doing at the end of the day, like, man, it blesses my life endlessly. Um, we talked about refining um, uh, the Ivan, the the rough, the the tool that was uh, there six years ago, this young man that had a great idea. Six years later, you've learned communication skills, you've learned management skills, um, but you've been humbled and refined in ways that you can't describe to other people. Um, if you could give someone advice looking back and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit, what would you tell them? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to hear the answer. To this, yeah, actually. I. Uh, it's funny. I, I just have a lot of friends, so I get asked quite a bit that same question, and or maybe not that question, but it's like I'm starting one. Yeah, you know, where do I start, and, and certain things like that. And what I I kind of joke, it's kind of a joke, but it's not a joke. It's like, mm. are you sure? <laughs> like, his party's like, are you sh like? Do you know what you're getting yourself into? Uh, and I'm sure you would ditto what I'm about to say is like, if I knew what it took, I probably wouldn't have started it. Like, yeah. Like now that six years in, I'm like, oh my gosh. But I started because I, I loved it and I wanted to do it. And again, I'm not trying to discourage people from starting a charity and nonprofit and stuff. So it's kind of a joke, but also like, are you sure? Like it's, it's commitment that I've never seen, never had to do before, even with work. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, at least at work, you get paid, you get yeah. a paycheck. Uh, so that's kind of where I start with people. And then I ask them, uh, you know, why? Like, why would you do that? Why would you, what's, what's the compelling, the, 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 the fire in yeah. you, you know, you know, there's a mission, but like, why do you do that? You know, why? You know, a lot of times it's back to our history or like something happened when we were kids or in our lives, whatever it is that, you know, pushes us to do stuff and, uh, or they sadly go through a horrific thing that they have to deal with. Like our friend Katie, um, she lost her husband and, uh, just had a baby. So single mom, single mom, we'll have her on. She's yeah. got an amazing story. So I kind of talk about that. And then I also say, is there anyone in that field? Is there anyone kind of doing the similar things? Uh, and I say that because I've, in my research and stuff like that, you know, no one's really doing what I'm doing, but sometimes I'm like, well, maybe you can just help them build a program of what you want to do and uh, go do what and, you're good at and do what you're good at yeah. or, you know, talk to them to see what is needed. So, you know, like you have some validation of what you want to do. Like you're like, Hey, I want to, you know, help single moms and stuff. And, and, you know, a, two, three years into doing my charity, I started noticing, I'm like, wait, like half our families are single moms. I don't say that in my mission that we help single moms, but I'm like, it's just <clears throat> how it is, how it is that, you know, these underserved disadvantaged kids, more than half of them are single parent and mostly single moms. And I'm like, Oh, let me talk. And that's how I found our friend Katie and started working with her. So like, uh, find organizations that are serving the people that you want to serve and see if your idea is actually going to work or is needed. Because <clears throat> early on when I started my charity, like, you know, I got this big donation of blankets, and, you know, we're giving this out to refugees. And I quickly learned, mm -hmm. like, they're like, oh, is there, because we'll have a lot of different stuff at our events. And I noticed some moms are like, do you have diapers? And 
and then I started talking to our partners and um, food stamps does not cover diapers. I didn't know that. So one of the biggest needs for families in poverty is diapers. So we Even started well to do families. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm like, why are we giving blankets out? We need to give out diapers, you know? So that event we've started to, the, that has a lot of refugees and we started having diapers and not blankets at the events. And so, you know, talking to people, helping, cause you know, a lot of nonprofits, we will take your help if you want to yeah. really want to get involved in stuff. So that's kind of different steps I, I take with people now. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say surprise. I'm, I'm humbled. I, I love that people send their friends to me to, to give them advice to, of, starting a nonprofit. Yeah. Sounds to me kind of like, and I've heard stories from different people, but starting a nonprofit is kind of like having a kid. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Everything is going to be great out of it. It's way more work. It's going to be way more expensive than you thought it would. And yeah. if you actually knew yeah. what you're getting into, you probably wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and we call it our baby. Yeah. We yeah. call it our baby. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot to that. And I, um, also it is like in having a baby, you wouldn't, you wouldn't send that baby back. Oh, absolutely not. Super grateful for this, uh, little best, worst idea I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, um, I give similar advice. I've been, I always say, you know, if you're going to start a nonprofit, go join one and learn mm -hmm. about what that means, because it's not, it's not, um, Sunshine it's not what rainbows. you, well, it's just not what you imagine. These people have like these imaginations, like I'm going to, do this and um it's kind of a rude awakening when you realize that there's there's overhead and there's you know there's the there, business there's the business it. yeah there's politics involved yeah. and you have to you have to work your way around that and you're not going to talk to you know a lot of people will discount what you're doing for the first five or six years until they realize that you're legitimately mm -hmm. out to do your mission and it's a lot it's it's an amazing event and i i think a lot of people do uh, that I've talked to. They've done a nonprofit, or they want to do a nonprofit um, because of significance, um, because they they think that it will they'll look good. Yeah, and um, that is, I think, perhaps the very worst reason in the world to do it. Because number one, it's not sustainable. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you think it's going to make you look. Nobody's looking. <laughs> No, no one's looking. <laughs> Nobody cares. They're all living their own lives. And so significance disappears. And when that burns off, then what's left? It's that why that you talked about. And if that why is not compelling, it will not last. And so that's why I think happens to these 10,000 charities is a lot of people have great ideas and um, maybe even really genuinely honest, good expectations. And then they get into it and they realize, oh, man. This is hard and there's a lot of competition. Well, and how, yeah. how much of it too is that they don't have the information? It, from mm -hmm. everybody that we've talked to that has a nonprofit, finding how do you set up the the five hundred three, you know, how do you do all of this stuff? Yeah, and it, it finding the information is really hard, and I would imagine there's a big washout on that as well. Yeah, another thing I I bring up to people that I asked to that was crushing to me. And I actually did this to a lady last week and she was crushed, <laughs> but I was like, I gotta tell her there's um, kind of f four sources of funding for nonprofits. You got federal government, you know, corporations and then individuals, but then uh, foundations. So foundations are, you know, uh, a lot of times our families or corporations start it, uh, but you know, these wealthy families put it all this money into a foundation to and the purpose of the foundation is to give money to nonprofits. So 
I didn't know this till I started. They're a big part of funding, you know, individuals and foundations probably, and then, and then corporate and then federal is probably the, the different tiers, but foundations, they won't even look at you or accept an application within the first three years. Like after three years, then they'll, and I'm just like, what, like, how are we going to survive? You know, cause like, uh, corporations take a while cause you got to get to know the people, individuals, you know, like Rob said, you know, can't give as much. Um, so like foundations, a big part cause they're like, they legally have to give their money away to, to nonprofits. And so that was crushing for me. Cause I'm like, I can't even like, and it's hard to write grants, but I'm like, I can't even look at them or try and talk to them till year three. Cause like they won't even, and I found out because you know, most nonprofits don't last right. two years. It's their way of vetting. Yep. The other thing too is uh, to get a foundation to give you a donation um, is, is not easy. Like there is a high barrier of entry to get in to them. And then once you're in, it's a little bit easier, but then there's another skill set that you have to learn about maintaining that relationship. How can I take, um, this foundation just gave me $10,000. How can I take that $10,000 and show them their value? What's their ROI on their $10,000? Mm -hmm. It's not just as easy as like taking the money and putting it to the cause. It, that's, that's the easiest part of it. Um, spending the money. Nobody has a problem yeah, spending no, the no, money, no. Yeah. <laughs> but getting the money in a way that is long-term and meaningful, because what happens is these corporations will come in and best seat in the house will be their sweetheart for a couple of years. And then they, it's time for them to change because they, it's part of their, imagine it's, it's part of their model. And so you lose like, a, like doTERRA, you lose doTERRA, who is your biggest supporter. And now, now what do you do? And so running a nonprofit is almost like at, I'm, I'm about to lose my sweetheart. I'm, she's about to leave me because. You never know if they're going to show up this year or not because of the change in funding, change in their their mission. It happens all the time, and so well, how you're much, constantly hunting. Sorry, mm -hmm. yeah. How much of it is that you have to provide the experience to the people that are donating as well? It's a big deal. It's something you're very good at. Something that I I actually envy Ivan, and he 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 does. Um, he'll send them. Tell me, talk about that. Yeah. Like, what do you send to your people to let them know what's happening? Yeah, and again, this comes back to talking other nonprofits and again, people's ideas and thoughts and stuff. And one kind of going back to like, we were not many places let you volunteer as a family, let kids volunteer. That's a big thing for us. Cause I'm like, you, if we, you bring your kids with us, the kids will get hooked. You will get hooked. And I'm like, you get, you see the vision and stuff like that. So that's one thing that we got done. I'm like, you know, we can have people literally on the floor you know with the kids right there helping seeing our cause in in action right there and then uh, videos as the world is now videos pictures and stuff like that helps uh, but then you know trying to create this relationship with these people these foundations these companies you know um i started um sending out uh, personalized thank you cards from families and stuff like that and keeping them engaged that way and I'm always trying to find ways that it's not me saying thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Like there's others, there's visuals, there's just all the, all these other things, you know, um, cause you know, starting a nonprofit, you know, I'm, I didn't plan to be the face of the charity, but I am, you know, people know me and see me and, um, but you know, there's one thing for me to say it, but cause I'm part, I'm 
running i'm the founder but it's something to see the family say it you know like at our fundraiser you know we'll have a family talk about it we'll have partners talk about it so it's not just me but others are you know helping validate what we're doing it's really it's brilliant that's like marketing to the like if you put the business hat on to it right you have to keep the donors engaged just as much as the people you're trying to do the thank you notes back if you could get them to like the, the the families or people that you're helping to write the thank you notes back and giving those to the donors that's a brilliant brilliant idea because why who that they're the people that are giving you money they're looking for the same thing mm -hmm. they, they mm -hmm. want the validation and the feel good that they they've done something that's that's high marks well done yeah, yeah. Smart. and i don't blame them you know no you, no you that's wanna, why they do it you want to uh and especially these foundations i you know think of it as a business and you know like they're investing in us. They're investing mm -hmm. in a cause. You know, they need to see that ROI. They want to, they want to see, cause, and I get it. Like you have millions of dollars and you want to, you want to do good and you, you know, send it out, you know, you want to be like, are we doing good? You know, are, is there, is there something, you know, actually uh, coming back that we're like, yeah, no, you're, you're doing good and you're doing a, a great service to the community. One of the largest over, uh, excuse me, objection handlers that I come across um, with my organization is building that um, that value and building that rapport. Um, and I think that what you're doing by engaging your families to to be the voice rather than me be the voice, they're the voice. I think that is is powerful. I've um, worked hard on how I could do that and and um, have that delivered because without those um, raving fans in the donor box you got nothing you mm -hmm. really have nothing it doesn't matter what your intentions are so i really admire that about you now as we're kind of wrapping up um thanksgiving excuse me it's just a habit it's, it's just that like habit. me rolled me. off it's, my uh, tongue no. <laughs> he just doesn't even stop let's talk about the gala that's happening on march 12th let's talk about that's happening at hell theater i mean that's a great location yeah, I, uh, yeah we we've uh so you know our first couple years we couldn't afford a you know a fancy gala you know dinner and stuff and uh, my former board president very good friend of mine he uh well we used to hang out a lot before he got married and so we would go to dinner a lot and his dad taught him and i'm I'm sure maybe his grandpa but they they love sweets they love desserts so it wouldn't be out of the norm that he orders his dessert before the dinner came you know, half the time we went out, he was, it was like that. And we're like, and he's like, the dessert's the best part, you know? Yeah. So when and you we take us home and warm it up later. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, when we were trying to come up with a fundraiser and we're like, oh man, I want to do a dinner, a gala, but I'm like, we don't have the money and stuff. He's like, well, let's just do a dessert night. So uh, we got lucky that we had some connections and some local bakeries donated all these desserts, but it was a little different because it was like, instead of a, dinner buffet it was a dessert buffet so you had like all kinds of choices so when we got some more funding and we could do a gala i'm like we're keeping this so our that's kind of our twist in the the gala is like you know we say oh come to the uh, sweetest event in town because uh, we start with a dessert buffet and tons of dessert you get to choose there's that's the hors d'oeuvres it's dessert so you come get some desserts uh we'll have a dinner after that and program and the thing i like about it. this like if, the logic the business side again is like you just destroyed their appetite here's a little slice of something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and we'll have a program um 
and uh, uh, auction. Um, and uh, this year we're gonna have a live auction. Wow! As well, who's your auctioneer? Uh, so, uh, my buddy. Are you an auctioneer? I didn't no, know that. No, oh. I'm, I'm actually terrible at it. Oh, okay. I feel like you could I feel like you could have been. I bet I could do it for somebody else. I yeah. can't do it for th- my no. thing because I get too emotional about it. But you have to get distracted. Uh, so uh, actually, my buddy who was helped me before the charity started that year that I was doing it myself, he helped a lot. Um, his name is John Watkins. He's the lead DJ for Mix 105. What? Uh, cool. Yeah, we've been six, seven years now. We've he's helped. You know, with concert tickets and meet and greets, uh, he loves he loves the charity, and he's he, he happens he's probably a dozen other charity events and stuff. So, and what's cool is he's been to our events, so it's like he gets it, he gets it, and he we 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 talk maybe twenty minutes right before because he knows everything about the charity. I don't have to like, hey, this is what we do, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. He's like, who oh. we are. He's he, got it. He's literally has his own events that he can talk about that he's helped with. Wow. That's amazing stuff. So that's coming up on March 12th. If I wanted more information about that uh, gala and I wanted to get involved, where could I find that? Yeah, so you can, one, you can go to our website, www.bestseatslc.org, and you can find info on us, on the event. You can buy your tickets there, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and our handle is at bestseatslc for both. So you can find info all over those three. Uh, so if you're listening to this, um, you know, look on the links. We're gonna have those links in the in the comments. Is we call it the bio? What do you call that? The it's the comments, the bio, the description. The description depends we'll have, on what platform you're looking at. <laughs> well, we'll have that information for you readily available, so you can get involved. And I'm gonna tell you um, again, as I said before, if you're not involved in something, this is a great one to be involved. Absolutely. In. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there where you wonder where the money goes. Well, you actually have an opportunity to see it and be a part of it. Not just that money was sent to that place and it helped those people, we hope. Um, this is the, this is where the money went and this is what it did and I got to see it in action. So I, I love that about your organization, Ivan. Um, where do you see best seat going like we're we're you, we've built a new foundation here for 2024 and we're stepping into this larger audience um of uh donors and recipients and the whole thing like you're growing where where do you see yourself traveling and let's say the next six years we're six years away now well obviously we want to grow we want to go to more parts of utah so actually just again as i was working with our grant consultant getting numbers and stuff and i'm like i don't even know how many kids we can reach in salt lake just in salt lake and and then let alone utah county and utah in general so she she got some statistics and she brought back the 2020 census had 92,000 was it 90 or 92,000 kids in poverty in utah holy cow so i'm like okay there's there's three million <laughs> there's, of us by the way yeah so i'm like we're helping thousands of kids and then there's 90,000 kids that we can't help. So I'm like, that's my next goal. That's like trying to see the big picture, see the big picture. So kind of, because part of me is like, I know there's a lot of kids that we can help and we're just kind of in a small area in Salt Lake, but I'm like, what is, you know, further out? And I'm like, okay, 90,000 is the next number where, and hopefully in six years we can, we can reach there and, um but yeah so that's huge yeah that is huge yeah 
but I I say that and I'm like, there's gonna be a lot more work, a lot more money to get there. Uh, but now I'm like, okay, there's something to actually have something that we can look forward to that to try and achieve um, better than the unknown. You know, yeah. Like, oh, sure. there's more kids we can help. We want to help more. Yeah, we want to help more. I'm like, well, that's the next one, and then you know, and what does more look like now? You now you have a now you have a more. Oh man, that's a massive more. Ivan, yeah, like gives me goosebumps thinking about the impact. Um, that your organization is going to leave in the world. You know, it's, it's amazing. Now I, I, I the, one of the things I want to talk about and um, you, you stand on the doorstep of, uh, of an interesting world. You're, you're kind of like, you know, that I can, I can see into these t- title one schools. I'm seeing these families come, these, these people that have just come to the United States or, or, or like extreme poverty. And then you live in Sandy, which is not a bad place to live. I'm, I would imagine. Um, you can see both sides of the world. Do you ever feel a little overwhelmed? Like, I, you, you're not doing enough. Oh, I don't want to say daily, but yeah, pretty much. Like, especially the couple, past couple of years, and I'm sure you can relate. Just the more I'm hearing, because more people know about us, which is great on like donors and supporters and volunteer side, but then also the schools and the teachers schools and the teachers that want our help Mm. and i'm like i can't it sucks but the last couple years it's like i gotta say no to we're not ready we're not ready but now i'm hearing that more more requests again that ninety thousand number that that ninety thousand more are starting to fear want us and be a part of us and um try and so yeah almost daily i'm just like oh man i'm just there's so much more that want our help and I just can't that's the hardest no to say it's easy to say no to a volunteer who perhaps doesn't fit or a lot of these different opportunities that come the way but saying no to those little eyeballs that are looking at you that's the hardest no yeah in my opinion and um it happens every year you have to get to that maximum level how do you manage this how do you manage the the nose and and stay in the in the, the you know i've read a book called the gap in the game and you could really fall into the gap you know where there's ninety thousand kids that need ivan's attention how do you stay in the game of like but these kids we've helped how do you do that uh i guess for me and i'm thankful and blessed is that we always have stuff going on you know every month so they're like if i'm getting low those just events bring me back up they're like oh gets me the fire keeps me going so it helps me but a lot of friends have especially the past six months have been pretty low. Cause they're like, we had, we serve like my, uh, my friend, Ted, he runs a little lambs foundation up in Logan. Good guy. Awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, mostly diapers, other stuff too. Um, but I would just talk to him and his formula, life. like it's the basics. Yeah. Um, he's just like, we've never seen the demand need the need till this year. Yeah. Like another organization. I'm just like, and me too. I'm just like, I'm hearing it too. And, yeah, and uh, so I quickly point to them. I'm like, but look, you gave fifty thousand diapers last week or two weeks ago. I remember where it was. They're like, oh yeah. So it's trying to remember what we are doing. It is great. It's you know, you know and trying to focus on that. But it's a lot easier again for me because I'm like, I constantly I'm like getting that validation of like that. Yes, I'm like, yep, I'm helping him. I'm helping her. I'm helping these kids. You know, yes, I'm saying no to all this. So I I, I have that. Luckily, you know, compared to like you where it's 
only a few times a year that you're like trying to light that fire light that fire where i'm like i can light it all the time but trying to focus again what we are doing and then it's good it's better than good enough it's like it's we're if we weren't there then there'd be nothing yeah so uh so that is how i do it and i've been telling that to quite a few friends lately that like yeah i know there's more to need but you're doing great you're doing look what you did last year uh, last week or last month and it's like, oh yeah you're right and just, just i guess it's that validation of support from our our family our friends and our tribe uh, the tribe you know because we're all doing stuff and we're all like okay back and forth i need help now you need help and hit, again all that pep talk it's good stuff um ivan and i have created what's called the founders club and we've had people come and go and uh, the thing that I love about the Founders Club is um, there's a core group of us that we get together and we talk about that gap that he talked about where like there's a lot of information on how to start. There's a lot of information like to be big, but there's this gap of like 10 years yeah. <laughs> where you're like on your own and no one's doing it. And I have problems that perhaps you don't have because I how do I how do I come up with hundreds of thousands of dollars to reach this goal outside of just my income. I can only donate as much as I can. Um, or what's the technology used that was the best technology for that live auction? Or what was the best technology used as a CRM to, to keep your individual donors engaged? What are these things? And we have these conversations and I, I want to put it out there that um, we're always looking uh, for good um, charities to join us. The, the, the key for me in this uh, Founders Club is that you have to be a charity that's already organized. It can't be a dream. It has to be something where you're already, you know, pulling the levers and pushing the buttons and you're running up against the problems. A couple of the things that we've done um, as we sit across the table from one another, another is we've created this um, almost it's a mastermind, a support group. Sometimes we're crying the blues and sometimes we're singing praises. And it's been tremendously helpful. Um, Ivan has talked a lot about technology and systems that I'm not strong in. Um, and I've talked about other things, hopefully, that have blessed your life as mm -hmm. well. But uh, Katie brings a tremendous amount of value. And we've had these different charities. We've actually had a few of them on the show that are doing amazing things. And the thing that's interesting is that Ivan is a genius in his genius. You know what I mean? Like, there's no more. There's no one more perfect than Ivan is at this one part of his charity. Um, the thing that he said that's amazing is that I'm looking for people to help me and to step out of the way. And you're really um, good at that. I'm just coming to the point where I'm like giving away more and more um, to the right people. And so um, the Founders Club has been hugely influential mm -hmm. in my life. And I, I um, we have a meeting coming up here in a week or two that I'm really looking forward to. And we just sit down to have lunch. And sometimes it's just to support one another that's it mostly that's what it is mostly that's <clears throat> for me it's support and getting different ideas bugging uh, bouncing off each other and stuff and again like i've mentioned and he mentioned that that gap <laughs> of like you know what to do like you're 10 years in you know katie's 11 years in just having the different types like and perspectives and 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 stuff and uh, i guess going back to someone who's trying to start a nonprofit, you know and uh, you know I also say like, what's your strengths? Like lean on your strengths, lean on your support group. Uh, Cause they'll be the ones that started off. They'll be your first donors. It's your family, your friends and stuff. So don't think you got to go do a gala, you know, maybe a golf tournament's better for you or a car show, uh, a car show, whatever you know, you're into, whatever it is, you know, it's already easy that you already have this tribe, this culture, this friends, you know, if you love cars, you have a motor motorcycle and you're in a motorcycle gang. So you did a, 
motorcycle rally. I'm like, it's kind of just lean on that and then you can build off of that. Yeah. Mm. Powerful stuff. So um, one of the last questions I always like to ask our uh, guests and I'm, I'm going to ask you is I'm now looking backwards. We're looking back down the hall of time and there's that young kid at Ronald McDonald's house. What advice would you give him? Honestly, I, I don't think I would give him any advice. What do you mean? I loved everything, the bad, the good, and I needed to know what I didn't know. I needed to learn. So honestly, I would just say, hey, go for it. Just do it. Because sure. again, I need that pain. I need that uh, struggle. I mean, I, I knew that, I mean, obviously the ups are great. The joy is awesome. The happy parts and stuff. But, you know, again, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it the same way because I needed all that, that trouble, those potholes, those down moments to 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 refine me so honestly i was just like go for it man because yeah. <laughs> again i didn't know what I yeah and uh probably wouldn't have done it if i knew everything so well if i could go back and talk to young ivan here's what i would tell him can i tell you yeah i would say uh trust yourself trust yourself like trust trust it because you had a great idea and here we are um on the doorstep of unprecedented times for your organization. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that you used to pray for opportunities to talk to the people that you're talking to today. Mm -hmm. And you just needed to trust yourself because there's a lot of times where you're like, what am I doing? What, yeah. what have I gotten myself into? And so that's the advice I'd give young Ivan. That's, yeah, yeah. And so if I could, if I could throw that out there to any young entrepreneurs is trust yourself. And um, if you're going to do it, do it 100% mm -hmm. for the right reason. And if you can do that, then miracles will will hit you in the face regardless of your best efforts. I always joke that Thanksgiving Heroes is still here regardless of my best efforts. Like I I should have ruined this years ago. Have you heard me say that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Many times. I should have ruined this years ago yeah. because spite of, my, of myself. <laughs> in spite of myself, in spite of all of my strengths and weaknesses, this should this that it's still here is, is a, a testament to the greatness of of what you're doing. It's not about Ivan anymore. Yeah. you're in, in fact maybe one of the least parts of the organization i know you're the face and without it it would still wouldn't be but you are surrounded by some giants yeah and isn't that amazing yeah it's an amazing thing well ladies and gentlemen i hope you've enjoyed the message that ivan's had to share with us tonight um, do you have anything else you'd like to add Toph? no i ivan great story thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me guys yeah i would like to encourage you again um this is the call to action is to get off your butt and to get involved see what ivan's about see what the what it's like to see these families look them in the eye and make a difference in their life and and then in so doing you're going to go home and realize my life is really very good yeah. um and that is the secret of best seat in the house is it really does it's a reflection on how good our lives are and how blessed we are um, take advantage of that. It doesn't matter if you have nothing or have a lot, show up, show up and, and contribute because everybody's needed to make a difference in the world. And Ivan's looking for good people to show up and to participate and be a part of the organization. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> click on the link, get involved, go to the gay law, tell everybody about it. Um, go to Facebook, all of the different social medias out there and help share the message because that is really the power yeah. that we each have. If you can share the message just to your social media, there might be the one person that's the miracle that Ivan needs to meet this year. Yep. And so thank you very much for being a part of our evening tonight. And if you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe, share this uh, podcast, um, leave comments and let us know what we can do to improve or what uh, you enjoyed about it. So grateful for you to be a part of the American Masterminds. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.